Let me show you a, a crazy time that happened this week. I'm driving down, I can't remember what block it is. It's a, it's a really long strip. And have you ever seen two cars kind of battle and go to war? Have you ever seen that? It can be a scary thing, can it not? So I'm seeing this two cars, right? One is a truck, one is a minivan, and they're both battling, and one is like jumping in front of the other and slamming on the brakes. Have you ever seen that? Right? And so the truck is jumping in front of the uh, minivan, and he's slamming on his brakes, and you could see that the, the guy in the minivan has just had all he's going to have and he's not going to have anymore. And so he starts blasting his horn, and he tells the guy to pull over. The guy pulls over. He comes. They both get out. The guy in the minivan gets out of his car, starts slamming on the guy's car to come out and fight. And I pull up a little bit closer, and I see it's a member of our church. How bad is that? Horrible. Stains the name of Christ. It just, horrible. I told him that I was going to tell you who he was. So I'll point to him, okay? He's here in the room. You ready? Have you ever acted in a way that was contrary to what you know the scriptures say? I have. It's funny the way I told you because I'm telling you in this setting, but it wasn't funny when my wife was screaming in the back, my son was crying, and my daughter is yelling at me to stop. So ashamed I didn't know what to do with myself. Have you ever acted in a way that was contrary to what you know about the scriptures. Maybe, maybe it's with your wife. You know you should just stop the fight. You know you should extend mercy and grace. But you're in the fight. And you know what God's word says about loving your wife like Christ loved the church. And you're just like, no, thank you. Maybe, maybe it's about trusting your kids or trusting God with your kids, but you're too busy in manipulation mode to be able to hear anything that God has to say about what he wants to do with your kids. Maybe, maybe you know that God is calling you to be generous and he's given you the kind of resources and maybe it's a poquito amount of resources and maybe it's a mucho amount of resources, but you know that God is calling you to be faithful and to believe him. And you're like, no, thank you. Y'all think I'm just being humble when I tell you that I'm the worst person in this room. But I'm telling you, I'm the worst person in this room. And knowing what God's word says and doing what God's word says is all about what we're going to talk today. 
Because just to know what God's word says and not do what God's word says harms not only our own soul, but it harms those around us. And I still hear my son crying in the back and I not caring. How important it was for my soul to hear Shelly and the, and, the, and the gang sing all the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I don't deserve it. I sure didn't earn it. But he gave himself away. So as we look into God's word, and as, I, and as I speak to you, as I preach today God's word, and I'm praying for boldness, because I've never come up here, never have I ever preached in this place because I was worthy of the task. I've always been a sinner at the pulpit. But as I preach to you, I'm asking God for a grace of boldness, but know that as I'm preaching to you, God is preaching to me. And God knows that every one of us are going to find ourselves in places where we know better than we do. And so he wants to remind us in a very small section of scripture. We're going to look at James chapter 1 verses 21 through 25. It's a very small portion of scripture. We've been in a brand new series called This Is Us. And so we've been looking in the series about what does a church look like? What does a church act like? How is a church to be? And we want to look at God's word and say, not what I feel, not what I think, not what I want, but what's true? What's true? What should be true about us? How should we deal with one another? How should we respond to each other? So today, the big idea, just in case you leave early, the big idea is that walking in Christ is about showing, knowing and sh showing and knowing. Walking in Christ means we show what we know. Walking in Christ means we show what we know. In other words, we rely on the Spirit of God to so implant the Word of God that everything that comes out honors the Son of God to the glory of the Father. Amen. So let's look at this text. James chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. It is our routine or tradition or habit to stand at the reading of God's word. Let's read this together on a count of three. One, two, three. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth 
and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not be merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. This is God's word. Please have a seat. We got no time, so you got, I want you to be dialed in, okay? We got, got a lot to talk about today. The word therefore there said, is speaking about what we just talked about last week. Do you remember last week? Last week we said we're to be quick, rápido, quick to listen, slow to, despacito to speak, and slow, um, slow to anger. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, right? And so since that's true, and since we talked about that last week, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time this week, but as we talked about that, I want you to know that before James gets into how are we going to respond to God's word, he wants to talk to us about how we respond to each other. Does this make sense? Then he says, therefore, since that's true, that we'd be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent. That get rid of is get rid of is like take off. It's like taking off clothes. You're to take it off. And all, all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent that lingers in our hearts, lingers when we get together. And what's the next word? Humbly accept the word planted in you. I want you to know. I want you to know that the opposite of anger, the opposite of anger is not acceptance or happiness. The opposite of anger is humility. The opposite of anger is humility because why do we get angry? I can tell you why I got angry. This person is not giving me my way. That's why I get angry. And when I'm so consumed on being the Lord of my life, controlling every moment of my circumstances, I don't walk in the humility of God's word that's been implanted in me. It's humbly, as we look, as we look ourselves as to what does it mean to look at God's word and allow it to transform our lives, as we look at God's word and say, what does it mean to walk in Christ means to show and to know what what God teaches us. What does that look like? Well, the way that looks like is humbly. Because listen to me. If I can't receive correction from you, what makes you think I'm going to receive it from God's word? 
I mean, if I can't take a correction from you who love me and who are right here in front of me, I see you. I'm going to take it from God's word. I promise you, if you have a problem taking correction from your brothers and sisters in Christ, that's, that's the conversation you're having with Jesus. It's this, it's this difficulty to live. No, but God, you don't understand. You've got all sorts of excuses of why the God's word doesn't apply to you. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that's so prevalent. And humbly, 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 ask God to humble your hearts. Ask God to change our hearts from wanting everything to go according to my plan, my way, to going, God, you can lead me any way you want. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Now, as we look at this next sentence, and by the way, when we do it humbly, when we, and not fake humble, do you know what fake humble is? Fake humble is nothing on the inside has changed, only superficially what's happening on the outside. Do you know what fake, you've ever been around fake humble? Ever been fake humble? Me too. Me too. We're talking about going, God, I trust you. I trust you in the circumstances. I trust you that even if they have something to say to me, my wife, my friends, my boss, that's 99% wrong. I can listen up for the 1%. Billy Graham said this way. He said, turn your critics into coaches. Isn't that a good word? Turn your critics into coaches. That's a heart of humility. That's a heart that says, you have something to tell me that I do not know. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to tell me. And so, it's in that spirit that we go. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. I want you to see that James is not saying that there's something wrong with listening to God's word. He's not saying that at all. He is saying that there's something wrong with merely listening. Does that make sense? Merely listening. Like there's something wrong with me knowing as many scriptures. If I had to, re if I had to repeat to you the scriptures that I've memorized within the last 12 months, it's about 50. Okay. That's ridiculous if you're not doing that on the side of the road. Does that make sense? That what, what you're coming in, that you're just not merely listening. You're not just merely studying. You're not just merely receiving. You're not just merely taking in. But you're asking God to transform your heart, transform your life as a direct result. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Why? Because when you know more than you do, you're kidding yourself. Um, they call it cognitive dissonance. In other words, your brain is not connected to reality. You're married. You think your marriage is going great. Your wife is ready to write a Dear John letter. That's cognitive dissonance. You're not connected to reality. You're, uh, everything is going. You, you think that your health is just fine. The doctor says, 
this is crazy. Your cholesterol's through the roof, your diabetes, blah, blah, blah. And it's like there's a cognitive dissonance with reality. Many people actually have a cognitive dissonance with how many times they come to church. Did you know that? Or how faithful they are to the scriptures. The average American, I think, comes to church something like twice a month. Isn't that crazy? You guys go to church? No, I go to church every week. No, maybe. It's a cognitive dissonance. Don't deceive yourself. Don't kid yourself. It's terrible to lie to someone else. It's awful to lie to God. It's pitiful to lie to ourselves. In other words, to have access to the truth and not give yourself access to the truth that you have. How, how preposterous, how pitiful is that? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Then James gives us an illustration. Now I'm going to give you a few illustrations to help you to memorize, uh, to, to understand what God's word is saying today. But James gives us a really, really good Illustration. Does anyone, any woman here have a mirror in their pur- purse? Okay, give it to me. All right. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, oh, we got a mirror right here. Okay. We got two. Perfect. Give it to me. All right. Wow. Fancy schmancy. All right. This is great. This is wonderful. Ladies, you do this intuitively. Men, we got to pick this up. But watch this. Listen to this. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself intently in the, into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it. Not forget. I, I skipped something. Anyone who listens to the word of God, uh, listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Ladies, you understand exactly what this is. So, what do you do? I don't want to break this. Okay, there it is. Okay, this is an awesome mirror, right? So what you do is you look at yourself and you go and you set your makeup, right? I'm assuming this is what you do, right? All right, because y'all don't let nobody see what you're, you know, actually, now some people do, it's like the plastic surgery that goes on. Okay, so, so you, go, you do that and you do that. And then you know what you do? An hour later, anybody know? You take it out again, right? Anybody know what you do in the bathroom? You take it again, right? In other words, this thing walks with you everywhere, and you're not looking at it once in the morning. You're looking at it over and over and over again. Why? Because things change, and you need to conform to what you saw in the mirror earlier that day. That's what the Bible is like. The Bible is not just getting this, oh, I get this verse, you know, text message to my thing, and then, you know, you wake up early in the morning, and you look at it, and you're half groggy, and you go like, this, oh, yeah, God so loved the world. That's wonderful. And then you put it down, and then you ignore it for the rest of the day. That's not what the, the, the Scriptures is teaching us. The Scripture is take the mirror with you. Take the mirror. Put it in your purse. Keep it in your pocket. Take it with you. Why? Why? Because day by day, moment by moment, we need to ask God, God, what? I feel like that. Let me tell you about my day, about what happened. Um, and I should have done this, and I didn't. I'm 
I'm uh, visiting my mom, and my mom, as many of you know, is, uh, has um, psychological issues, and uh, paranoid, schizophrenic, and bipolar, and manic, and all that stuff, and she's in a place that's trying to help her, and she's in one of her manic states. And so I spent two hours with her. You know, she gets in a very hoarder-like state. What I should have done is after I spent that two hours with her, I probably should have taken 20 minutes just to be with Jesus. Because by the time I got back in the car and was driving, I was wired. Do you know what I mean when I say wired? I was, I was not He's faithful. I should, have, I should have looked at the mirror and said, you know what? God is a father to the fatherless. Ah, yes, that's true. In the time of trouble, I will be with you. Ah, that's right. See, see, no mirror? Anything is bound to happen if there's no mirror. God's word is a mirror. It's a mirror that allows us, thank you, Vicky. Thank you, Rosalind. And that means you got to take the mirror with you. That means the mirror goes with you day by day. That means day after day, several times throughout the day, you're sitting for that minute and a half with whatever, with whatever text God has given you. And I'm going to show you how to do that by asking just a few questions. But listen to me. This is really big. It's not just about looking at God's word and going, this is good. It's not even about going in the morning and studying God's word, which is what I do. But it's allowing God's word to transform you. It's allowing God's word, not just you studying God's word, but it's allowing God's word to study you. It's allowing God's word to transform you. Because we're, according to the scriptures, we're to do and pursue. We're to pursue God's word. Look at how it says, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what it looks like. But whoever looks, and here's our word. Here's how we do it. What, what does it mean to pursue God's word? Do and pursue God's word. Look at it intently, continuously. Intently and continuously. Look at verse uh, 25, but whoever looks intently, there's our word, into the perfect law, that's God's word, into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues, there's our other word, continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. We're continually, over and over, over and over, taking out the mirror. Take the mirror with you. Take the mirror with you. We're to look at it over and over and over. Check your heart. Check your soul. Look at what's going on internally. Guys, this is very, very difficult, especially for the men here, because many times we don't know what's going on internally inside us unless we take a moment to reflect with Jesus. Now, for, for men, I know for women this can be difficult, but I'm a guy, so I know guys. Well, I kind of know guys. But my point is, is that, guys, listen to me. That means for us, we got to watch it. we gotta, we got to ask God, God, how am I feeling? Because I don't know how I'm feeling. True story. I, um, I, I go to the, uh, like, amusement park with my family. 
And we're going back home after like being out in the hot sun for like six hours. You know, you, you've been through that kind of a day. Have you ever been right? Amusement parks are fun for kids alone. They're, it's just that they're not fun for parents, right? And so, and so we are coming back, and, we're, and my wife, who's very, very, very astute, she goes, Ba, why don't you take a nap? And I look at her like I'm looking at you, and I go, why would I take a nap? I'm not tired. And she goes, no, no, really, let's just take a half hour, let's take a half hour break, and just, just rest your eyes. Just rest your eyes. I go, listen, if you want me to stay here, again, not humbly, not receiving that she's giving me information that I don't know. Go ahead. If you want to sit here for a half hour, I'm willing to sit with you for a half hour, but we're going to lose a half hour, and traffic is going to pile up, and we need to get going. It's like, all right. No kidding, 20 minutes later, I literally fell asleep at the wheel. I was only awakened by a truck who saw that I was like going off the road, like you know those five lane roads? I was literally going, drifting, and the truck, by God's grace, was there and honked his horn to wake me up. What happened? What happened, beloved? I didn't take a moment Amen. to, number one, God was speaking to me through my wife, he gives, here's a scripture, he gives rest to the weary. But, but I didn't want to hear it. I wanted to beat traffic because I'm smarter than everybody else. You see what I'm saying here, right? Okay. Not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. But there's an alternative. The alternative is to put us. Now, there's, right, so one way we can pro approach God's word is in the spirit of humility, learn and do, do and pursue with the spirit of intent and uh, continuous, right? That's one way to look at God's word. Another way to look at God's word, George, let me get that Bible. Thanks. George is actually going to share his testimony in just a minute. I want you guys to hear it towards the end, but um, about how God's word has changed his life. But so, so here's God's word, right? So here's one way we could look at God's word. We could look at God's word as God is over us. In other words, God is the authority. We do what God says. And whatever God says, it's higher than our thoughts. It's higher than our, it's higher, right? We obey God's word. Yes? yes. There's another way to look at God's word. is to be over God's word. No, no, no. I am in authority. Sexuality, I am in authority. How to do marriage, I am in authority. How I'm going to live my life with my money, I am in authority. You don't tell me nothing. If you think that's offensive, imagine how our lives look. Or there's another way, right? We can just go into God's word and we can just go, you know what? I like this. This is good. I'll keep that. And, uh, that's so good. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Because why would I know and do God's word and listen to God When I can tell him what I want. Do you know? You, is that offensive to you? Yes. Listen yes. to me. Listen to me. 
That's how some of you read the Bible. Now, for full transparency, I don't know what the name of this book is, but we unaccompanied Sonata and other stories by Orson Scott Card. Sorry, Orson. But we did, we did uh, attach this cover to it because I wanted the illustration to go across. So that's bad, right? That's bad. Okay, I got it. I got it. But do you, get, you get the point, right? You get the point. You're treating God's word as if it's under your authority. You're acting. You think it's offensive to rip the word of God out? Imagine how you're husbanding. Imagine how you're wifing. Imagine how you're like a childing, rearing, childing, parenting. Imagine how you're doing your finances. Imagine about your forgiveness. Forgiveness? You remember what they did to you? Please. It's crazy, right? Crazy. Even though you know, that, you know literally it's not a Bible, it still sounds, looks crazy, right? Could you believe you looked that crazy before God? Could you believe I looked that crazy before God? It should make us weep. So I want you to hear about someone who's, who got into God's word, and it's little by little, and he's not perfect neither. If he came up here and had to do this, he could tell you some stuff too and confess. But God's word has transformed his life, and I want you to see it. George, would you share with us? Thanks. How you doing, family? My name is George, and I'm, a, and I'm a member of this church for many years, nine years. And I walked into this church because my wife realized there was a banana peel on my head. Mm. Now, anybody who was here last week would understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, this banana peel that was on my head, she used uh, counsel and told me to go see some men who walk with God. And I, I, was, I said, okay, I'll do that. And I went, and I met Pastor Gus. And immediately, Pastor Gus confronted me. Immediately. Within, a, uh, uh, within half hour, I walked out. We had some choice words. I left. A year later, I go back, humbly, and he confronts me again. But this time, I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I don't know what it's like to be a man. And I actually never read the word of God. And it takes courage for you to conceal your insecurities than to reveal them. I revealed my insecurities to him, and he told me, come to a men's Bible study and bring a Bible, which I did. Three months later into it, he basically invites me to the Sunday service. I'm sitting over there, and the song came. And I just started weeping and crying. And I reached out to Shelly and I said, I don't remember the song. And she said, uh, it was um, something that, um, you know, a secret place that I could hide. And, and, and wrap me in your arms. And I just started boohooing and crying in the corner over there. And my wife looks at me and she goes, what's going on? And I said, I don't know. I've just got this, this overwhelming feeling of love. Right? And he basically started teaching me some things during the weeks. Do you know I've been here coming here nine years? Every Thursday, I've never missed a Bible study. And the only reason why I missed it, because I was out of the country. And I called up my, my pastor, who spoke the word of God to me, 
consider, you know, consider their way of life and imitate their faith. That's what it says in the word. And I said, I'm not here. I'm somewhere else. And I just went checking in. And he started telling me, he said, Georgia, you think you could um, worship God passionately? I said, I could do that. He says, you think you could serve others willingly? I said, I could do that too. He says, you think you could uh, give generously? I said, I could do that. He said, you think you could fellowship authentically? I said, I could do that. He says, do you think that you could obey the Bible with a seer and open hearts? I said, I could do that. He says, you think you could obey God consistently? I said, I could do that. And he said, you think you could win souls regularly? I said, I could do that. But how? And he said, bring this Bible. Bring this Bible, and I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to teach you what it's like to know the power of Jesus and his resurrection. And what happened was is that since we're in, and this is, our, this is our series, you have to learn to listen and then do something. So he taught me how to do it. And he's still teaching me how to do it. A short time later, Pastor Edwin says, I'm having a discipleship group uh, with men. It started out with 15 men. Three and a half years later, there was only three of us left. It was me, Chris Hook, and my brother Ron Rivera. We're the stick and stay boys, right? I know the leaders that are here, Pastor Gus, Pastor Pedro, Pastor Edwin, Pastor Zach. They're the stick and stay boys also, okay? And what happened was he started teaching me how to put Christ at the center of my heart. He told me how to be a disciple. He also told me how to live in obedience. He started teaching me how to do service. I have a lot of my brothers here that I do service for and with. It's actually a privilege to do service. It's not a job. It's actually, we are called to serve, right? We also call to what? To pray, to pray to God. We are also called, right, to witness to people, to read the word, to do, be a good steward with our time, treasures, and talents. And I was thinking about scriptures, and I was like, man, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Woe to the one who falls, and there's not another one to pick them up. My brother picked me up so many times. I call him like 911. Yo, Pastor Gus. It's like, he's like, it's almost like, Okay, what's going on? I'm like, listen, I screwed up again. I screwed up again. I screwed up again. But I screw up going forward. I pick up the Bible and I come to Bible study and he starts teaching me things about the Bible. Pastor Edwin teaches me about memorizing scriptures. Do you know I memorized all 13 scriptures? Scriptures. I grabbed my mom and she walks really slow and I said, Mom, let me tell you about the assurance of salvation. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and his life is in his son. <laughs> mom, check this out. You know what? Answered prayers. You know, until now, you're not asking for anything in my name. You're asking, you shall receive, and your joy be complete. I went through 13 scriptures, and by the time we hit the corner, my mom, she was a true believer. She was a true believer. My mom started reading the Bible, and she has not stopped. She says, how did you learn that? I said, Ma, I fell in love with the word of God because somebody who fell in love with the word of God planted some seeds and gave it to me, and I'm giving it to you, and you can give it whoever you want to give it to. So now I'm telling you right now that we the stick and stay boys, but we also have to stick and stay girls. Mm-hmm. And we're in a stick and stay family because I could turn around, I could act like a fool, I could get nervous, I could do some foolish stuff, but we do it together. We don't leave because somebody says something bad to you, or took your Snickers bar, or whatever the heck you it is that goes on in your life. We are a family, and we stay a family. And the only reason why we can stay a family because God says, word says, we're family. Mm-hmm. 
And let me tell you something. There are many scriptures, man, that Pastor Edwin, Pastor Gus taught me and how to read the Bible, how to study it. And when I told you what he just told me, if you open up your bulletin and you open it up, that's our vision for the church. Mm-hmm. I just told you the vision for the church. Without a vision, the, the people perish. Mm-hmm. You know, he does great illustrations, and he's a great teacher. Pastor Gus is a great teacher. But I'll never forget the one he spoke. He said, Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. Ever. Why? Because the leaders who spoke the word to God to us consider their outcome and their way of life and imitate that truth. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we're a family. And the reason why we're here, because God wants us here. And let me tell you another thing before I walk away. Jesus is always the lead story in the good news. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus and his glory. And as a result of that, you get a little something out of it also. Awesome. Way to go. Way to go. Awesome. Now, now watch this. Remember, remember what the scriptures say. Well done, George. Thank you. Um, remember what the scriptures said. The word implanted in you. In other words, you don't do it. God does it in you. It's the word implanted in you. So I'm going to give you three questions that you could start asking. Now, in your bulletins, I believe we gave you some reading, uh, like, um, what do you call those? Reading... Um, do you have the, the, the handouts? Okay. So like, okay, so you should, uh, okay. Scripture, okay, so here, there they are. Who am I in Christ? You could literally take two weeks and find out who you are in Christ. When you come to Christ, I am accepted, right? I'm God's child. I'm as a disciple. I'm justified. I'm united. You could do a two-week and just meditate on God's word, right? You could do two weeks on I am secure. What does it mean to be secure in Christ? You could do two weeks on I am significant. What does it mean to have significance and not find it in the world? Now, here's the three questions as we put them up and we get ready to close. But those will help you in your Bible study. Thanks again. Uh, The three questions are this. How will this change me forever? How will this change me forever? So when you're reading God's word, I need you to ask this to your own heart. How will what I just read change me forever? Or am I going to be the same? That's the first question. Second question. Who needs me to do this? The reason I'm saying that is because you might read a scripture about forgiveness. Or you might read a scripture about patience. And then you might weep over the fact that your kids need you to be more patient. Your wife needs you. Your boss needs you. Your employees need you. You you dig what I'm saying? That as you read the scriptures and it starts to read you, these questions can help you to go a little bit deeper in applying God's word. The the last question is, who can struggle with me? Who can struggle with me? In other words, I I struggle with whatever, whatever temptation is, right? No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted to be beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out, right? So you can go. Who else is struggling like I'm struggling, right? So Chris, um, to use him as an example, um, was struggling with his diet and his weight. And he connected with Shelly and they're both, they're like, it's crazy how God is helping them not to make food the thing that brings them comfort, but to make Jesus the thing that brings them comfort. It's not about losing the weight. It's about not being an idolater. 
You see? And so what I mean by that, it's not about worshiping something or trying to find your comfort or trying to find your, uh, your happiness in something other than Jesus, like Entenmann's or cookies or anything like that. Now, with that being said, we're going to stand as we sing to Jesus. Guys, today, walking in Christ means we show what we know. That means we pursue God's word in a spirit of humility. Ask him to help us to do and pursue, taking our mirror with us all day, reflecting on the word that we just heard and allowing it to transform us as we look to God's word intently and consistently. Shelly. Well, actually, before Shelly takes it, let me pray for you. Father, there's a lot to talk about today. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to download. Thank you so much for, the, for what you've done in George's life as he's memorized God's word, as you've drawn him to yourself. Remind us, oh God, remind us that none of this is done by the act of the will, but rather by you leading us, drawing us to yourself, you implanting God's word, you giving it to us and us turning to you. Help us, oh God, even if we need to listen to the message again, help us to apply what we just heard and give us wisdom to do so. For we do pray in Jesus' name.